Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Emmy, you're back. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. <laughs> I have heard you calling on the podcast. And you keep saying, not yet. <laughs> too, too busy. Too busy. I got shit to do. <laughs> I did. I did. Emmy, how are you for everybody who hasn't hasn't been uh hasn't been hearing your lovely voice for a few weeks how you doing i'm good i'm good anything happen in your life that's just a few things just a few so my wife and i have moved to south minneapolis um which we are very 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 thrilled about um it's it's our dream home it's a 10 minute drive to her uh her clinic it's shorter commute to church for me it's right near lake nokomis so we can take the dogs for a walk around the lake super easily we can see the sunrise over the lake from our bedroom window it is amazing um but that also meant that i have spent the past two weeks packing up everything at our previous house and then um cleaning our previous house it it went on the market today and so i i am i am physically in a good deal of pain like my body is definitely going like no 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 no. you are not 25 anymore girl you you need to you can't work a 10 hour day painting um so that's been that's been I'm, I'm a little sore, uh, but we finally got to, like, we got to today. At this point, like, whatever was not done on the house is not going to get done until the showings are done. So we won't think about it again until at least Monday, and that's great. And ideally, by the time this episode airs, your house will have an offer or 12 on it, and you will get to choose the best one, and you it, will get to have it happen fast. An extra $30,000, too. Yes. Cheers! As oh, so we all take a sip the of our Lord, coffee, the Lord, the Lord, hear, the Lord hears you. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, <sighs> yeah. So um, I'm a little, I'm a little physically in pain. Um, emotionally, we're definitely stressed. We like snapped at each other a little bit about, um, like that we have different. Is, that means marriage is good. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Right. <laughs> That's um, totally what that means. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, but I think that is because, like, we were we were not communicating effectively, um, and we both have very different approaches to projects. And we finally just had a moment of like, okay, you go home and take care of the dogs, and I will stay here and keep cleaning, and we will come back together. And then, of course, we did, and like, ordered in burgers and ate burgers at the kitchen table that isn't going to be our kitchen table anymore, and that whole thing. Um, so. <laughs> And then came home and snuggled on the couch because, like, we're lesbians. We don't stay angry for that long. Like, it's just not allowed. <laughs> if you do, uh, if you do, time. then women in flannel come to your door and they're like, what are you doing? We're here for the uh, group therapy session. Um, oh it's just God. like like the little bat signal goes up. I love um, you, Eddie. Uh, I know. She's so great. so that's how i'm doing i'm i'm a little i'm a little shoulder weary um but heartful jesse what's on your tray oh Oh, actually before jesse before you say this um everybody this is cafeteria christian (laughs) welcome no this is emmy talks about moving um three and a half minutes in in case you were wondering what you started listening to this is cafeteria christian's podcast people who like Jesus, not so sure about the jersey wearers. Um, you have your hosts that are with you today are me, Natalia Turfa. Me, Emmy Kegler. 
and me, Jesse Ross. Excellent. And Emmy told us sort of what's on her tray, but actually just said hi. And Jesse does not want to talk about what's on his tray. So Jesse, how you doing? <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> I get messages now where it's people are not like, the same thing if is. you don't say it. <laughs> right. I get messages now where people are like, I'm sorry you don't like what's on your tray. <laughs> I'm like, this is That's so great. So funny. Oh uh, man. Um well I'm excited for the topic today. I'm excited that Emmy is back. Uh, not so excited that Nora's not here, but I've got, I've gotten used to it. You know, sometimes she just she oh, doesn't. It's so funny that that last week we were like, Emmy is have is moving today, and everybody give her love and grace, mm-hmm. and then we're like, and Nora's not here, so everybody troll her. <laughs> oh, Nora! <laughs> it was so funny. It's like here's our yeah, <laughs> so many things. Okay, so um, I got to see Natalia in person this week, which is awesome. Um, what's on my tray? There's in the so pickup many. line, in the pickup line, in everybody. the kid pickup line, everybody. Yes. <laughs> um. Oh, hey, we should do we should do a podcast about the vaccine. Oh, I really think everybody listening, we're doing content creation right now. <laughs> <laughs> the brainstorming sesh. All right. Yeah. I think we should do one about the vaccine. If you want us to do one about the vaccine, send us a message. Yeah. Um. We might still do it anyway, but we just want to know if you want to want to hear about it. Um, you, you should get it. What what are my, what am I missing? No, I just think we should. That's so why I think we should do something about the vaccine. We should just talk about it. I, okay. I don't, yeah. Um, I'll save that story for later. Um, what is on my tray? Um, I feel like other people. Oh, I've had to deal with a couple fires this week, but they've all uh, been burned out. I think. And. Um, Family's good. Marriage is good. Um, we had, so like the last two weeks have been like really good. And then this week we were missing each other. And so I I mentioned, hey, like I went to her office yesterday, uh, made a couple of Instagram stories, but like went to her office to see her, to talk to her. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, sometimes when we don't talk, things are just off. And she was like, oh, I was just talking about that. And I was, I felt like I won some some spousal cool points, um, <laughs> if that's a thing, right? And um, it's been really busy. We have we, my wife has had uh, she works at our church in Sanctuary, so she's had to be at church three nights this week. Tonight will be the third, right? Oh. So a rehearsal for a practice rehearsal for the worship night that we're doing tonight, which will be like streamed and very limited in person. So we're trying this out as like an in-person event. And then, um, cause all of y'all are listening, this is not Texas, but, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we are, we are a little bit open. I'm sorry. I I've had my tea today, so I'm good. Um, mm-hmm. but we are in Minnesota kind of slowly opening up things and some things are opening up faster than people would like them to. So we're just checking out stuff. And then um, Wednesday is typical like rehearsal. So she's exhausted. I think she's actually taking a nap right now, which is awesome. Um, And then, yeah, business is busy because things just keep happening in the world. I have trolls on Instagram now. I have officially made it to something. You've arrived, man. I have trolls. I enjoy <laughs> the trolls. They give me more content. And um, people just keep doing dumb stuff that's evolving race that 
we're gonna talk about. I'm trying not to curse. <laughs> That's all you I know, got. we had Pastor Angela here last week and had to add an explicit warning onto our <laughs> onto our podcast. Oh, uh, like, I was wondering how that went. <laughs> you feel free to swear, and we'll just slap another one on here. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, um, I was a little sad that I missed out on the the Supercast uh, week. Oh, uh, you missed it. It was great. Also, I was sad that I missed out on Angela, but yeah, she is great. You guys, she'll be back. Yeah. I have, a lot of people have liked liked what she had to say, so we'll we'll invite her back at some point. Good. Well, Natalia, what's on your tray? Uh, I am out of the city. That's what's on my tray. Um, my. Uh, so a friend of mine, we have daughters the same age that are very similar, and we try, we've try, we tried to make them be friends, and we have succeeded, and we're very proud of ourselves. And um, she has a cabin up on Lake Mille Lacs in, in Minnesota, so it's so beautiful. And so we got negative COVID tests. Well, we got COVID tested. They were all negative. We, it was so funny, very 2020, 2021 scenario in that we were texting each other the screenshots of our negative tests, which is like, here's the proof I'm okay. And so we're doing a mother daughter weekend up here. Um, and it's, it's so quiet. All I can think is like, it's so quiet. It's just like still and quiet and the lake is still frozen and the sky is so blue. And on the drive up here yesterday, I saw two eagles and an owl, and I was like, my cup is already filling up, and I'm not even there yet, and I was so happy. And so um, I'm just looking forward to the chill of this weekend. We are not um, – we we have finished our recording for Sunday already, so I don't have to go back till Sunday afternoon, mm, and nice. it just feels like a nice, long, extended break um, so I'm going to try to like leave my phone in other rooms and, and wander in the woods. And I'm just, it's going to be, I I'm looking right now that my view is, is out over the lake and it's so pretty and I will interrupt whatever deep and theological conversation we're having to get excited. If an Eagle flies by, you just need to be prepared that that will happen. If it happens, I will lose my mind and it'll be great. Yeah. So, that's what that's what's on my tray. I'm I'm feeling like the calm. Rooted. You seem rooted. Oh, which is great. I'm explicitly using a tree metaphor. Planted yeah. by the water. Yep. I will not. Oh you it. guys. Oh. I'm <laughs> yeah, here I for think... all of the metaphors. <laughs> if you need an eagle fix when you're back in the cities, uh I am pretty sure there's a nest over the Mississippi at sixty at highway sixty two. Um, like 62 when you're, or sorry, 62. And then you're going North on 35 E because that's the route that I have to take to between the two houses. So I've driven that a lot and I have seen bald Eagles every single time. And mm. twice I've seen two of them. And I'm like, that's awesome. That is awesome is what that is. Yeah. I, I love being Eagle. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. So my husband's like, you're going to be one of those old ladies that has like random eagle crap all over your house and i was like no 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 because it's never as awesome in a photo or a painting or a sculpture as a real life one like unless Mm -hmm. i can house a real life eagle which i wouldn't do anyway i'm not gonna have any eagle stuff in my house because it's just not it's just not the same no it does something to your heart when you see an eagle like fly by you and they're so big and beautiful and like (laughs) i also flexion was awesome by the way (laughs) (laughs) i I love i love eagles 
I do not love eagle statuettes because like eagle statuettes are definitely like if I saw a portrait of an eagle or an eagle statuette in someone's house, I'd be like, you, you have certain political beliefs that I'm making assumptions about. See, this is Versus I see an eagle, an eagle in the wild. I'm like, yeah, we shut down DDT spreading so that you could come back from being an endangered species. This is hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I don't want to have eagle stuff in my house. Cause it uh, definitely says a thing. <laughs> <laughs> like has a it's like having american flag stuff all over your house like it says a thing without saying a thing you know so give me eagles in the wild all day long we're producing some real good solid content we're 13 <laughs> minutes in we've talked about moving okay 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 so here we so that's a good it's a good segue we will move into it wasn't a segue but okay <laughs> Um, assumptions that we can make about people based on certain decor and interests. Ah, How about nice. that? There you go. Uh, <clears throat> not a segue. Just a just a hard transition. <laughs> just a hard left. Just hard left turn. There hard is. left turn. Here we right, go. There's there's the segue right where you just lean and you gently steer. This is more like a motorcycle. This is just a real hard Yui. Yeah, it's fine. All right, so. We have a listener question for today. So thank you to Casey for submitting this question. We're so excited for uh, when people actually, we say this every episode, like send us a question, send us stuff in, whatever. And sometimes people take us up on it, but sometimes they don't. And we're like, okay, we got to come up with our own stuff. So we're so excited. Casey, thank you. Also, thank you to Casey for attaching a sound clip of her question to this Email. So, so yeah, this major wins. This timestamp at this is where we will play the voicemail. Ready? Go. Hi, Emmy, Jesse, Natalia, and Nora. My name's Casey, and I've been a friend of the pod for a while now. I had a question for y'all that I'm hoping you might be able to discuss on a future episode. I was hoping that you could talk about Dr. Seuss and his books and Ted Giesel as a person and J.K. Rowling and the Harry Potter books as well. Obviously, both of these authors have said and done harmful things to communities that we care deeply about. Is there a way to still read and pass on their literature in a way that doesn't hurt those communities? Or just by continuing to read the literature, are we causing harm? Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Casey. Yeah, Good that's a super mm-hmm. question. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, you sound super psyched about it. Oh, so excited. But actually, so, I know you are really excited about I it. I am. I'm yeah, Jesse, t- tell me what's... Okay, I've been like way off social media. T- what is going on with Dr. Seuss? Okay. So, what has he done? Is he dead? He's he's passed away, right? Like, <laughs> Dr. Seuss has very much left us. He has left us, I'm pretty okay. sure. Um, now, let me... I need to find his real name. I forgot. Theodore Geisel? Geisel? Theodore, yeah. Theodore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. American children's author, a political cartoonist, oh. uh, illustrator, poet, animator, filmmaker. He's known for his works, writing and illustrating more than 60 books under the name of Dr. Seuss. He, he died also, in, oh, go ahead. He, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say he died in 1991. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, so I seem to remember that he has drawn some political cartoons that were, uh, Okay, I remember he drew political cartoons about the phrase America first and like mm-hmm. mocked it, right? Because that was a big phrase sort of pre and during World War II. And people would use that as like, this is why we're not taking in um, Jewish immigrants from Europe. Mm-hmm. 
refugees really um and so he yeah. sort of he drew cartoons mocking that and like deriding that um so i don't feel like we he would be i, I also did, i think did you just, know that that trump didn't come up with that on his own yeah um, shocker no, that was that was, an, that was an original original american nazism great work um and then he also drew i think some political cartoons that were sort of racist in re uh asian immigration to america is is that is that what's going on um, so uh, there may be a lot of stuff going on. Oh, good. Uh, There's more. Okay. Go on. I had only heard about that most recently. So, um, I guess most recently there was a world, uh, read aloud week. So it's like read aloud to a child, right? <clears throat> Trying to encourage, um, uh, education and, and reading and all that stuff is great. So typically during this week, you pick some of your favorite books, and then people are encouraged to read. And so what happened was there were different people. Um, some are activists. Some are just regular folks. And some are just people who are now starting to research and do more research uh, about these people that are popular and to see who the heck they actually were. And um, it was discovered that not only were there some cartoonists and uh, images that he wrote, but he was also very wrote very racist images. So the people that I saw talking about him were basically posting and sharing photos that were uh, of basically like blackface and him describing characters as monkeys and um, why black was not good and all these different things and depictions of uh, like actual monkeys doing stuff and white men uh, shooting them or throwing arrows at them and all these different nuances that people were just not aware of, apparently. So what shocked me was, so I had heard of this, but I don't think it actually clicked for real until um, I asked my wife. Now, my wife normally doesn't know anything about for real social media and stuff that's like super popular. So she was like, oh, yeah, of course, Dr. Seuss definitely racist and i was like wait what what did i miss and so then i went on my google uh search and the first thing that popped up when i searched was the book called if i ran the zoo now i will be honest i never read that book oh interesting so we weren't a huge now again this is background for me my mother was not um she was big on like pro-black everything. So she may not have, like, I, I remember reading Dr. Seuss books in school, but I don't ever remember us owning a Dr. Seuss book. I don't know if that's a coincidence or because of it. Like, I don't know, but I, I didn't even remember the book. I was like, what is this? I remember gearing eggs and ham <laughs> and um, the scrambled eggs and other stuff. So basically there are all these images of Dr. Seuss, um, create Mulberry Street, just creating images that were just um, inappropriate, right? Racist, dark uh, depictions of people of color as monkeys and all these different things uh, on top of all the other stuff. And so once I found out, I was like, wow, people have been reading out, reading, using Dr. Seuss as reading aloud for a really long time. And um, I've, I even remembering reading the books to some of my kids, I would be like, ah, that image doesn't, re doesn't really sit well with me. But, you know, it is what it is. And so that's what kind of happened. And people were pissed off about it because they're like, why are we canceling Dr. Seuss? He's a staple in our community. And, and I'm like, well, why do we cancel 
everybody who used to be a staple in our community because they did something wrong, right? So the, this podcast is not necessarily about cancel culture. That's We've already talked about that a few times, and we can talk about that again. But it is about what we have been talking about, like being proactive, understanding, learning things. And then once you find out information that is useful to you, then hopefully you make the decision and base it not solely on just race, but solely on like, what's the right thing to do, right? What are good things as being a good human? Um, what I did not know, and I mean, you got to uh, help me out with this. What's up with uh, J.K. Rowling's and Harry Potter? Because I'll be honest, as a black man, <clears throat> it, this has nothing to do with, I don't know if it has anything to do with being black or not. I have never read a Harry Potter book. I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. Never even desired to. So I literally know nothing about J.K. Rowling's except they've made a lot of money. Yeah, before yeah. before we move to J.K. Rowling, because I know Emmy's got some stuff to say, uh, but I... I will, I will say the um, Facebook group, the Cafeteria Christian Facebook group, had a lovely discussion on Dr. Seuss this week, and it uh, people have posted really lovely comments about it, talking just about when you know better, you know better. Um, somebody talked about not cancel culture, but consequence culture, which I love to say. Like there is a consequence to, like when you do something wrong that it's not canceling it's a consequence and like we can teach our kids this right we can teach our kids the same thing like just like if you hit somebody something happens to you like you it's not that you're gonna get hit back or you're not canceled you have a consequence for doing something right oh my gosh i want to start calling everything cancel like timeout is cancel culture cancel culture i know this is what it feels like suspension is cancel culture i do want to say if you hit me i will hit you back I, will, I just want to be very clear. Oh. I, I do promote violence. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I, I don't think... promote violence, but I do participate in it. My mother went, when <laughs> I was in seventh grade, my mother went into um, my science teacher and said, like, you have to switch on me. Because she put me with this kid who just constantly, like, teased me um, and, bo- like, oh. would make up mean nicknames about my hair. Which, admittedly, I had a terrible haircut in the seventh grade. But, like, he was <laughs> so mean. And he would, like, call me all these terrible names and get his friends to do it, too. And we'd just gotten paired up because of the alphabet. And my mom was like, you need to put, you need to move one of them to a different, like they cannot yeah. be lab partners. And the teacher was like, well, Emmy's just going to have to learn. And she, my mother was like, if you keep them as lab partners, there will be blood on the floor. It will not be Emmy's. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and Absolutely. this is accurate. Like my mother actually used to get, when I was in elementary school, my mother would get called in because I would start fights with people who yeah. teased yeah. me. Um so I haven't Je- hit Jesse's full support of this. Is, oh, sure. is my favorite part of it. Anyone... I it. I'm like your mom. I promote it. Like I know if, <laughs> if they touch you, do something. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I haven't hit anyone since I was in ninth, eighth or ninth grade. Ninth grade. That was ninth grade. Nope. That was the middle school. Eighth grade. I haven't hit anyone since eighth grade. Um, and he is the one who got in trouble. Like he was teasing someone. I hit him because he was teasing someone. And then he got sent to the principal's office because the assumption was um, Emmy, the good student, clearly could not have done anything wrong. Um, there's your there's your reasoning for being a good student. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, so, no, it's all right. Dr. I, I, Seuss. Yeah. So the reason, so I'm just going to say real quick, I'm trying to get us back. Trying to get us back. No, we are taking this cart off the rails. Um. <laughs> The the drama around this, I mean, part of it was the read across America, read aloud thing, but part of it was because um, 
Seuss Enterprises, like the the owner, the rights owner of all the books, decided to stop publishing a few titles for this reason. It's not, and all these people are up in arms. After or before? Before. Okay. um, Where it's like, all of a sudden, all these people are like, oh, they're banning these books. And you're like, no, that's not the same. It's not the same thing. The, the publishing company decided to stop publishing not all of Dr. Seuss's books, just the worst ones. They, they decided to stop publishing classics such as Cat's Quizzer and Scrambled Egg Super and on Be- uh, Miguel- Miguelia's Pool. Like they right. okay to think like, that I saw it on Mulberry Street and I ran the zoo and on Beyond Zebra were the ones on that list because I used to work in the children's section at Barnes and Noble and I was like yeah I know these ones but it's not like they're gonna stop publishing oh the places you'll go or pull all the rights for how the Grinch stole Christmas like these are lesser read texts why why yeah. why wouldn't they why wouldn't they take everything off and sell you I oh money man it's capitalism <laughs> all along they're not gonna I mean. So I will just say I, the the conversation around this on our Facebook group has been really lovely in part that it's been about um, when you know, like when you know better, you know better, right? Like that's what we were saying. When you know better, you know better. So it, do you have to throw out every Dr. Seuss book? No, but should you think about what content you're putting in front of your kids and your, in your, the, the little people in your life? Yes. Like why would you read something to your kid that you have to then explain why it's bad later. Like, why can't you just give them good content to start out with? Like, why do you have to start start with something that you're like, I really like this book, but here's why it's problematic, young young grasshopper. <laughs> like, don't, I don't know, I just feel like don't, don't, like you can, and then at the same time, there are messages in Dr. Seuss's books that I don't want to say are unworthy also. I mean, the Lorax to me is a, is a great book about environmentalism and capitalism, but that doesn't mean there aren't other books written by people who aren't racist that also talk about environmentalism and capitalism. So you can make a choice about whether or not you want to read these books to your kids and, and you learning something. It's, it's, I think it's important to say, learn about it. Just like Jesse did, right. You go online and you do some research, maybe, you know, be careful about your sources, but also just do your research, find out what is problematic, listen to people of color and what they find problematic. And don't just be like, well, I'm not offended as a white lady. So I'm just going to keep reading this to my kid. I mean, I think it's important to listen and, and learn and then make a choice and recognize that if you make a choice to continue to support and give money to and buy these books and read them to your kids that you are making a choice, right? You're making a choice and, and uh, it's yours to make for sure. But also as you learn, you can make a different choice. Like you are allowed to change your mind. You are allowed to learn and grow. You are allowed to say, I used to read this to my kids, but I have learned something new about it and now I'm going to make a different choice. And that is also allowed. All of those things are the part of me that highly dislikes what quote unquote cancel culture does is, is say like, you're not allowed to move and grow or you're going to, we're going to cancel you. And it's like, no, you are allowed to make a decision that is best for your family and for yourself based on the information you have at the time. And that information is always changing. And 
how can we condemn people so quickly for learning and growing? That makes me, it's same with, and then you wonder, can you separate the content from the author, which maybe is a nice transition into Harry Potter because, because can you separate the worlds and the fantasy and the wonderfulness of the world she created from her like horrifically transphobic viewpoint? Yeah. So there's a couple of interesting distinctions, I think, before we get into why JK Rowling um, has like, okay, I'm, well, well, before we get into JK Rowling herself. Um, and that is, so Dr. Seuss, Theodore has passed away and it's now being managed by his estate. And this estate is saying like, we're not going to continue to publish these books that have um, it, obviously racist themes. And I think we could certainly talk about like, what does it mean to still support an author um, who has published that content and now is, you know, like the estate is choosing not to publish them, but that's one, that's the res- that's at the baseline, a responsible and better decision by the publishing company to say, Hey, we're going to stop producing this content. Um, and we can't ask Dr. Seuss, like, Hey, can you, you know, um, you know, he's passed, he's passed on. We can't ask him like, what's your statement on this now? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I think that's almost the sort of parody of cancel culture that people who are anti cancel culture like to trot out is like, well, you're just canceling everything. It's like, well, in this particular situation, what we're doing is saying, let's consume content with care and let's not keep producing books that are not really classics. Like, I don't know anybody who's like, oh my gosh, but I, to think that I saw it on Mulberry street, like formed my whole spirituality, you know, right? Like, oh, the places you'll go, people adore, right? And like Cat in the Hat, okay, Cat in the Hat's kind of a, nah, as far as books go. I feel like that book is tainted for me by the movies, but, um, he is the worst character in children's he literature. Yes, he, he is the worst. I I'm hated like, that book. I was like, Get "Oh this. my gosh!" I, he woke up and chose violence. Is what he did. Um, <laughs> for no dang good reason. Um, so okay, the dis- so a lot of the distinction that I see is, um, Doctor Seuss has passed on, and his publishing, you know, the the estate and the publishing company are choosing to stop publishing these books that are inherently race that have inherently racist tones. JK Rowling is still with us. JK Rowling created books that have like a little bit of like a little, just a little, just a little racism as a treat. If you like pay attention to certain themes, you notice them, but it's not like explicit. There's not blackface, right? Um, it's, it's very different. But then recently JK Rowling was like, Hey, um, transgender women are a threat to quote unquote real women. And they need to be like, need to have a stop put to them. And people were like, uh, okay, um, you wrote a book about how mm-hmm. you created this whole series about like how important it is to work together for unity and how we shouldn't like judge and persecute other people and how fascism is bad. Uh, and so, so, and also like a ton of LGBTQ people have found solace in your books because it's this story of like someone who feels ostracized from their family and their culture and then finds out that they belong to a different culture. And this, and like, this has given us a way to find family and friends and community when we couldn't because of our sexuality or our gender um, identity. Could you maybe like, don't like, hmm, don't say these things um, really hurtful. And J.K. Rowling went, okay, and then doubled down and wrote these extensive essays about how bad trans women are, specifically trans women. Um, and this is an interesting arc that um, – so what she's participating in is called um, – I'm so sorry, Natalia. It's called Turfism, T-E-R-F. 
Um, and Natalia's last name is Turfa, and it's so upsetting. <laughs> Jesse is off camera on the floor Dying. laughing. <laughs> so uh, a turf. T-E-R-F is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. So usually they call themselves radical feminists uh, using the word radical to mean going back to the original. Um, But what it specifically means is feminism that says, unless you were assigned female at birth, you cannot participate in womanhood. Which is um, a very, 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 very interesting whole thing. Um, so feminism and the queer community and the trans community to the large extent, like settled this in the seventies and eighties, like we've already had this conversation. And then cis women came in recently and were like, no, let's have it again. Um, trans women are not women. They are threats to us. They are just pretending to be women in order to sneak into our bathrooms, which has literally like, we don't have cases on record where that has happened. Um, happened we have cases where men assault people in bathrooms um but they are cis men wearing men's clothing um we have uh then we also have um people saying you know people are doing this in order to compete in women's sports and do better which is like really interesting because no If, like I'm, I can't. Sh- I know this is not. This is an audio medium. So my my face is struggling right now to process. Like, under what system do you think, like, the best way to win fame and fortune for myself is to pretend to be a different gender in order to win? Like, no one respects women's sports anyway. No one is going to respect you more for, like that. That's not like if you're a mediocre male athlete, no one's going to be like, oh, now we respect you because you like. That's just that's. <clears throat> yeah. also the the women on the links team would kick your ass i'm just gonna say like mediocre male athletes would still not be able to stand up against the women on the links team um or sue, or sue bird oh. oh i love sue okay um so anyway so a lot of harry potter folks have like big harry potter fandom folks have been like what do we do with jk rowling and what do we do with consumption of the harry potter like franchise because it's not just books right it's it's like a whole movie series there's you know orlando studio or whatever it is universal studios in orlando um, you can buy Harry Potter literally anything, right? Me Undies just did a sponsored thing with them where they had, you know, house colors for their undies, um, which I felt so bad because I was sure, like, they probably planned this and ran the prints and, like, ordered, you know, the fabric and whatever. And then J.K. Rowling was like, hey, I'm going to be hugely transphobic. And Me Undies was like, well, we still have to sell this underwear. Um, oh. And they they took some hits for that. And I was like, you go, <laughs> I feel bad. So what do we do? Um, yeah, can you can you separate? Can yeah. you? I mean, it's the same sort of question with Dr. Seuss, right? Can you separate? Although, but although it's I would say like his racism pours into the books in a way that her right. transphobia doesn't pour into her books. Right. So, right. can you can you separate right. that out? Like that's a. So here, I, let me, yeah, go oh, ahead, Jesse. I was going to say so. So what is the the benefit for people being able to separate or not separate, because I think that that's where people get confused. Like yeah, some people don't know how to, and some people don't even know like, what are the benefits? Why should I, why should I not? Right. So especially in the case of JK Rowling, who is a living human being who has been multiple times asked not to share such horrific transphobic views and been told how it's really hurtful and continues to do so. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> that's like, and, and when she doubled down was really when a significant portion of the Harry Potter fandom was just like, okay, we're calling death of the author now. Um, which is a trope in fandom um, where you basically you say like your work has outlived you, even if you're still alive, like we've decided you're done. So there were a whole bunch of like TikToks and Instagrams of people like p- taping over her name on the books or saying like, isn't it just amazing that Daniel Radcliffe at the age of 10 was able to write all of these books um, <laughs> or like headcanoning that like Hermione Granger wrote them or whatever. Another character in the books, Jesse, sorry. I know I'm digging deep in the fandom here. Um, and there, there's also, you know, there's some, there's some sneaky racism happening within J.K. Rowling's work. And so what do we do with that? Like the depiction of the goblins who guard the wizarding bank is very much based on Jewish stereotypes, which is where you get like a goblin in, I could do a whole episode on this y'all. Okay. Um, a goblin in like the way that we've created fairy and fantasy folklore is based on Jewish stereotypes, uh, uh, or stereotypes of Jewish people of like hooked noses and greedy for money primarily. Um, so JK Rowling then picks those stereotypes up and uses them for goblins because she was writing like a chapter book that she was just kind of like, Oh, this is fun. Like, and, and didn't, you know, slow down and examine her own concepts. But now that we are at the point of going like, hey, did you notice that you have basically no characters of color ever distinguished in your books? And when you produced a movie like the like the main like Dean Thomas, that's about it. Um, And then Lavender Brown until she becomes Ron's love interest. And then suddenly she's played by a white actress in the movies. And like everyone else is a person like is a white person. Um, Okay, except for the um, Patil twins, which again, stereotypically Indian. I could do a whole thing on this. I'm so sorry. Um, so she keeps getting called in to like, let's re-talk, let's talk about the way that these racist stereotypes played into what you created, even if you weren't doing it sort of intentionally. And let's talk about, you know, your raging transphobia that you continue to promote. And she refuses to engage in those conversations. Yeah, um, Jen- and that's not, that's not, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse, I feel like this is very much like JK could be one of your trolls in that in that you call them out and they refuse to engage, right? Like this is a this is a specific kind of person where we don't know what Dr. Seuss would do if faced with the criticism and the critiques that he has taken. You know, we don't know if he would have learned by now or or grown as a person or repented of his racism and like done something different. We don't know because he's not alive, but she's alive, hears about the stuff, asks is asked to participate in a conversation. Can I engage in a dialogue with you? Are you willing to do this? And she is like ghosting people or just unwilling. And that is a specific kind of response that says a lot more than saying something even, right? Like it does say yeah. something and you're, I feel like you experience that all the time on your Instagram and, oh, on, sure. <laughs> you know, this in your DMs, all these. Yeah. I had a really good experience this morning though. And so, and the reason, so the reason why I asked, you know, to help people understand the benefits is because I think, or even just why it's important is because nobody, well, I won't say that. We are not telling you what to believe or what not to believe or who to cancel or who not to cancel. We're trying to give you the information. I feel like that's like our job is to give you the information and then what you do with it is, you know, that's what you do with it. But there are people who are telling you to cancel people or to get rid of so-and-so. 
and they're not giving you the whole story. And then people aren't actually doing their own research. It's just going off of, you know, who said whatever. And people end up feeling like, man, I don't even know. So, so I had someone who asked me, speaking of trolls, right? I had someone who asked me, um, why do I, they were responding to like a comment that I responded to a troll and they were just like, man, you respond so gracious. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it's being gracious. Sometimes I don't even want to be gracious, but I do try to go into the understanding of this person clearly has a different frame of view. And instead of trying to convince them or go back and forth and say that they're stupid or their ideology is dumb, I will ask them why or tell them like, well, actually, like we can have a difference of opinion. That's great. But the reason why you feel that way is actually off a false narrative, right? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. And then I always invite them into an an engaging conversation that's one-on-one that's not for the public to see because what do we like to do as people put everything on blast and do exactly what Natalia said. Like we like to bash people and and complain and do all these things, but we don't actually go to people one-on-one and seek to understand or seek to learn and to, to hear those perspectives. I do genuinely feel like it is perfectly fine for us to be in relationship with people, um, to have communication with people who do not agree with our viewpoints. Like that's where growth comes from. That's where progress. Now I'm not saying that you should, I'm not saying you should compromise, right? Your own views and values at all um, based on whoever is in your, your own life. But I do think it's healthy because again, if you can learn and at least if it's, if you approach it and say, Hey, I want to know more about this viewpoint so that I can even defend mine even better. Like there's some growth in that. And so I think, I think that most people don't, don't go into that. And even this morning, because just stuff keeps happening, right? Uh, I posted some stuff and I don't know where I'm at right now. But I got a lot of comments on this post. <laughs> Which I love. Um, oh, I posted it last night. Ooh, I'm at 62. That's a lot. Is that the yeah. Creighton? No, this is the one about, um, I posted it said to my, or my white folk. Dot, dot, dot. Conversations about anti-racism have to first start inside your home as you were. And people didn't like that one. This is racist. And I was like, well, what did I say that was racist? I I just was talking to a group of people, a specific group of people, giving a suggestion, <laughs> saying that it should start in, inside the house. Not saying you're racist because you're having the conversation or not having it, but people felt other ways. There was one person, though, who jumped on and... I I was like, yeah, I disagree with what you're what you're saying, but I was asking questions, and then they posted something that said, um, "I'm not white." So then I was like, oh, this could get interesting. So then I asked what ethnicity they were, and I was surprised that they even told me. And she was like, "I'm I'm Afro Latino, um, and I or Latina, and uh, lives currently in Brazil." Ooh, context matters. So in that case, I said, ah, now we we can have a whole different conversation because what you're talking about and experiencing is completely different than what I'm talking about. And she, I asked her, I said, has anybody ever asked or told you 
that you are in quotations white passing basically a person of color who's very light skin or fair skin and could pass as a white person and she was like oh in the winter time all the time why because the sun is not out as much in the melanin <laughs> just doesn't show like these are scientific things just so people know so i don't think i'm making this up but she was like yeah <laughs> actually and so then again in context i'm like totally makes sense we have nothing to disagree about anymore because like, and I said, I was like, I may not agree with what your reply was to my comment, but I'm actually really grateful that we had this engagement and that you engaged and nobody was offended because it actually brought me to understand your context. It totally yeah, makes now. And everybody has a context and like, we're exactly. allowed, you know, it's just like, you that's that same thing that i said like you only know what you know and you only i mean it's just you're just where you are and the experiences you've had bring you to where you are and the more experiences you have the more you learn and grow and so i think we we have to we assume so much online about somebody i do that too driving up north in minnesota you see a dude in a truck with a flag on it and guess what i think about that person like i definitely have have I make assumptions about somebody driving by me. And so it's it's important to recognize the moments in which you are making an assumption and you are and, and that puts up a a wall, right? I I listened to a great I don't know if anybody follows Sharon says so, but she's a government teacher and she tries to do this um uh she tries to do teaching all sides of an argument, Socratic method kind of a thing where she never she never puts anybody down for asking a dumb question. She it's a government. She does more government teaching instead of but but when somebody says like why can't we just oh what's an example? Like or somebody'll say like why can't we just print more money? Like why can't we just do that in order to pay down our debt, right? Like why can't we just do that and she'll explain really clearly like all the sides of the arguments conservative to to progressive <laughs> and 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 just let people have the information. And learn based on Jesse, drink your water. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, just, just have all the information and make your own decision, right? And make your own, uh, uh, take away the assumptions and and get all the information, factual, scientific information. Uh, and this is a thing that we've lost a bit. I think mm-hmm. you know we we just come so quickly with our opinions as this is my truth. And so then it, because it's my truth, it's the truth. And this, (laughs) you know, for me, I'm like, I, I think what JK Rowling has, has said is abhorrent. I think she's awful. I think the double down is like an unwillingness to even acknowledge that you are hurting people to me is just like the worst kind of person. I think if somebody says to me, what you said hurt me, to to ignore that and double down is like a really, really awful human thing. Yeah. I just I I, can't, I have a hard time. It's hard to hear. I've hurt somebody. No matter when you hear it, like if if somebody says you've hurt me with what you said, it's a hard. I, I understand mm-hmm. the defensive mechanism, but to to double down and be like, well, I'm going to do it again, is a different. It's another. It's another level, and. I I can't remove myself from the experience of loving the universe of Harry Potter and like loving the I mean I think as a as a parent of a mixed race kid 
Uh-oh. The mudblood st- stuff in Harry Potter, where they talked about, like, you're not pure, you're not a full wizard or whatever, uh, that has brought up really interesting conversations. And, like, and it was it was good. It's been good to be, like, Somebody that's not pure is as as powerful and saves the universe as much as everybody else does. It's it's you know like Hermione is like such a great character for my daughter to relate to and talk about and connect with in a way that I don't want to throw out the whole thing because J.K. is so awful. But you and can't. I, but you can't ignore that J.K. is right. so awful. And so there's part of that too where that that's a line everybody has to. I don't think we it's teach people, I don't think we teach societally well enough to go like go back over our previous assumptions and allow ourselves to change. Like you right. can I think it's possible. I mean, I certainly hope it's possible because the first podcast I ever did was me retelling Harry Potter with one of my friends. Like literally a friend of ours couldn't find the audiobook and so we were like that's fine. We're just going to recount it and record it for you. And we thought we were hilarious. We probably like we we put it up on a podcast thing. It like probably had 15 downloads total, mostly her mom. Um, <laughs> but we had a great time. And like, I've been to Universal Studios. I went to Harry Potter World. I paid for both experiences. Like, it, like I'm very much, I very much was in the Potterhead sort of fandom. And I plan to keep the books. Um, I long ago invested in all the DVDs. And so now I'm like, yeah. You can't, you're not getting another dollar out of me. Um, I'm going to have the books and the DVDs. And if my kids want to read them and watch them, great. But if they're like, hey, we want to go to Universal Studios, I'm going to be like, okay, let me explain to you how we're going to be lining J.K. Rowling's pockets again and like why that's a problem. Right. And I hope that, you know, like my 10 year old, as we're reading, you know, whenever, when I have a 10 year old, um, if we're reading Harry Potter together, like, Some of the things that they, you know, first they get sort of the overarching themes of like, hey, hating people for who they are and for who their family is, is wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, you know, later we might talk about like, hey, how do you visualize Harry and Hermione and Ron? Isn't it interesting that like Harry and Hermione, you know, like we might be visualizing them as white because I'm going to have probably going to have white kids. Um, And like is there a default that we're putting on that? There's some really excellent like cartoonists out there who've done some fan art where they reimagine um, because Harry and Hermione are, are never explicitly defined uh, as far as what they look like in the books. Like they've reimagined them as black characters and they're fantastic. Mm. And it's a beautiful, like there's some really cool stuff that the fandom has done. Yeah. What I'm choosing to do as someone who loves Harry Potter and recognizes and like hates transphobia um, and recognizes that JK Rowling is doing some really, really, really sick stuff is I am keeping the content that I've paid for. I don't plan to give more money to anything that is branded Warner brothers. Will I probably like buy some other fan stuff? Probably. I'm probably going to keep investing in like fan art that um, falls under the category of parody, but I don't plan to go back to universal studios. I don't plan to like, like I literally I have the DVDs now just so that I can watch the movies without giving Netflix one more view. Um, but that's like, we each get to make our choices. And I think that's one of the things that people don't like about cancel culture, whatever it is, is like, you have to think about what you're doing. Yeah. We don't like to think about it. We like to just so do it. Mu- so much work. I mean, yeah. oh. too much work. 
Um, but what if it's so much healthy? easier to just cancel somebody, right? It right. is way easier to do that instead of think about it and learn and research. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> like, what if we just lived our lives with intentionality and like paid attention to things instead of just browsing on our phones all the time? Exactly. And this, if, I mean, truly, I, I don't want to like be that person, but I'm going to be that person. This Either is. Person. This is what our faith is about too. Like you are allowed to learn and grow and move. My my daughter yesterday in our car ride talked about the story of the woman who was caught in adultery, which they had to explain to fifth graders what adultery was, which I think is so funny. But then but then her teacher, which I appreciate so much, said but it takes two people to mm. commit adultery and the woman is the only one who's punished. And, mm-hmm. and it was like, that is a, good job. that is, I know I'm like, good job, Mr. B. But, um, but also just to, for my daughter to get a different reading of scripture means like people had to learn and grow and understand scripture through a feminist lens. Like, why is it not okay? How does scripture play into patriarchal views and how can we read it differently and what is a different way to read it you know when we talk about a a sinful woman what does that mean in scripture and why do we always assume it's a woman that's like promiscuous and we just put that label on her and to be able to learn and grow and understand that this is written in a society that looked like this and why means you can you can read it and have a different view of it and have it still be meaningful and still have something to say about what Jesus does in the moment, right? Like the point is not the woman caught in adultery and she's this awful, horrible person. It's how does Jesus respond when he draws in the sand and says, let you who be without sin throw the first stone? What how how Jesus disarms an angry mob matters maybe way more than the, the woman's adultery and the other person that was in that being. I mean, I think it's so wonderful that they, her class talked about the other person not even being in the story. And I'm like, great, 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 great. And <laughs> what what's the main point of it? And can you learn and grow and, and examine the racism or white supremacy or sexism or patriarchy that is in scripture and still get something from scripture. It's the same as any of these things, right? Can you, can you remove some of the things that are in the air you're breathing and see it for what it is? Because there is, there is a part of scripture that is written by people who are a part of society that is not good. And yet that part, there is scripture that is, I don't, white supremacy patriarchy is not from God. It's not a part of our, it's not a part of God. And so we've, can you separate that out and find, find the theology and the parts of God that are, that are more universal and not swimming in the systems that we have created that are human created? Can you, can you do that work? That's, it's way easier to just be like, oh, that woman's bad. You know, like, it's just so much easier than to be like, how is this woman's role in the story playing into the system of the day and the people who wrote it down and all these different things who benefits from the, the person she uh, 
committed adultery with being out of the story? Who gets to benefit from that system? And how does, that's so much harder. And I get why people are like, nah, I'd rather just blame women, you know, like that's easier. It's just easier to do. And so this, it's work. It's, it's work to do this in any system, in children's literature, in scripture, in politics. It's work to do this kind of criticism, contextual criticism, but it matters so much. Uh, and you're allowed to have a view that's wrong <laughs> and and then learn and grow as you get more information. Like, it's allowed. I'll just keep coming back to that. You know what you know what you know when you know it. And then yeah. you know better, and then you do better. Yep. Well, I mean, I I think I think if if nobody got anything from this now, I don't know what to tell you because I, I felt like we, I felt like I I am proud of the group of our group because we come at it from so many different angles and really trying to help people understand so that they know. And so again, I I mean, I'm I'm hoping that people feel comfortable to send in more questions. Cause this was a really good one. Yeah. Um, but also being able to journey with us as we look at the intersectionality of everything. I think that's the, really the point is like, not just, it's not just limited to one author. It's not just limited to one comment. It's not just one action, one activity. Like it's uh, the history and the context, which I think we all, really talked about like what is the actual context of how these things work out um i mean i just i just wanted to make sure we said that because i think i don't think on this podcast but i know in other podcasts people take stuff way out of context and so i'm grateful for questions and and i think we all invite even more questions even if it's something that we've talked about already that we could still revisit because for sure we we i think all all four of us right continue to grow also as we're engaging in the conversation. So people are getting like real time stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I feel like we could do, if we ever were hungry for content, we could do a whole series on like things we loved as children that should now be canceled. Mm. <laughs> and like how we feel about that. Mm. Laura Ingalls Wilder for me. Oh, yeah. what if, what if we did not one? let my kid read those books? What if we no, did Caddy one would on, on things that we didn't love is children that should be still canceled <laughs> <laughs> things we we presciently didn't love which we didn't know at the time were cancel worthy and now we're really glad to see them canceled okay um we should probably wrap and let our folks go so everyone um we've thrown a lot at we've, we've thrown a lot of spaghetti at the wall this episode um <laughs> Of course, whenever I, like I just think of my grandmother doing this, we throw on a lot of spaghetti at the wall. Um, so, <laughs> as said, like what we're trying to do is provide you with information and, and a way to critically view what you're consuming. So please feel free to join us on in the Facebook group on Cafeteria Christian, and and just talk about like. What, what are the things that you're struggling with, whether it's relationally and how you maintain relationships with people who are different than you or the content that we're consuming on like massive, you know, famous people level like Dr. Seuss and JK. Um, come and join us on Cafeteria Christian. If you haven't become a Patreon yet, we would love to have you support us over at patreon.com slash Cafeteria Christian. Um, if you, you can find, you cannot find Cafeteria Christian on Twitter because Twitter is a cesspool, but you can find all of us on Twitter, all four hosts, as well as on Instagram. I think at least one of us is on, two of us are on TikTok. 
Um, you can also find us on Facebook. Jesse and Natalia are both shaking their heads. That's Nora and I. Nora and I are both on TikTok. Um, and listen, y'all, this is like we are coming up on the one year anniversary of coming like back to when COVID really hit and we really began to take it seriously. So right now is a really good time to be treating yourself with gentleness. So make sure you're doing that. Um, so with Harry Potter, with Dr. Seuss, with figuring out how you're going to consume content, how you're going to live in the world, we encourage you to do what we do. And that is take what you like. And leave the rest. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.